Today's show is sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. They have the best laser etched glassware out there at wholesale prices. If you're a distillery, you're probably already using them, but if you're not, reach out to me. If you're a store or bourbon group, you want to work with distilleryproducts.com. I would be happy to get you in touch with them. Reach out to me. I'll get you in touch with Carson, Janie, Vicky, and all the good folks over at distilleryproducts.com. And you can get the official Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Glen Karen, or the Kenzie Glass at their sister site, premiumbarproducts.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coolers. It is fall officially this week. But it is dad season year round because if you use code dad season, that is D A D S E A S O N, Orca Coolers will take 20% off your whole order. So that's tumblers, coolers, whatever it is you need. You want a gym bottle, you want a bottle to go hiking with, one of those barrel tumblers to have by the fire, or maybe you need a cooler. Go to orcacoolers.com, use code dad season, get 20% off, and be the envy of dads everywhere. All right, Zeke, I had a story that I was going to tell that was going to make you feel sorry for me. And then I show up to this virtual room and you have no shirt on and I have no desire to tell this story now. Like, I just want to get this over as quick as I possibly can. I can go through my uh, my maker's plaid if you want me to. It's my normal houseware now that it's getting cooler weather out. That's the women's shirt, right? Well, so there's two. The women's is the cigar shirt, and the men's is the in-the-house shirt because it fits a little looser, so I like that when I'm cooking, taking care of the kids, um, lounging. But if I'm outside, I don't mind the, the women's version, and plus I don't want that in the house because it's going to have cigar uh, funk on it, obviously. So it's like if somebody sees you out on the porch, you're in a tight shirt, looking all good, waiting for somebody to come over and talk to you? I, I wouldn't say looking all good. And the only place it's tight is really in the sleeves. And by tight, I mean my elbows. You've seen my home. The the back porch faces a back alley. So I don't think there's going to be many visitors uh, peeping their eyes over the, the fence. Fair enough. Let's just drink. everyone my name is john edwards and with me as always is zeke baker and together we make the dad's drink of bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us a part of your day before we get started i just want to say a crazy thing happened last night and by last night i mean thursday night even though we are recording this right after it happened i'm not going to get out until the morning but zeke we're like the bulls we did a three-peat we're like the bulls the patriots we three-peated in the arts category of the people's choice podcast awards and we also picked up a new one this year in the leisure category so i want to take a second then i'll let you take a second but I want to thank every single person that voted for us, nominated us. We love being a podcast of the people because we are of the community and we love the community and we love being a part of everything about it. And the fact that y'all had nominated us and voted for us, it means the world. This one means a little bit more to me because it is all of you saying we're doing okay. So thank you. And uh, for the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you. And I can't wait to get a drink with all of you. Zeke, do you care that we want an award? I like the fact that... It's two separate categories because I, I think that the arts is probably much more fitting towards you 
Whereas, you know, leisure obviously would be much more fitting towards me considering I leisurely do this podcast. I know (laughs) there's nothing leisurely about this for me. (laughs) I was talking to somebody today and they were saying something like, man, you know, Zeke is just quiet. And then all of a sudden he comes out with like the best question 40 minutes into every single podcast. (laughs) And I said, you know, Zeke doesn't do a lot of things for the podcast, but what he does, he does very well. And he is a hell of a just natural character. And you're going to leave this podcast remembering him. I think you, you take that little that you do. You hate doing the setup. You hate getting people's backstory. So when you finally do get in there, you make it count. If you're going to shoot your shot, you got to make it count, right? Hey, I mean, I think I've said it at least more than once on here. One of my uh, professors in school, he was the same way. He would take us all these free dinners. And his only rule was, if I'm taking you to this free dinner and you can get free food and free booze, you have to stand up and at least ask one pertinent question that makes the speaker think. As long as you do that, I'll take you to as many of these as I get invited. And so I was always like, man, this is free food and booze. I can find one or two good questions. Like, damn, this is a free ride. Did anybody ever go and not ask a question? Like, were they ever dumb enough to do that? Oh, yeah. We had quite a few students that didn't get invited back. And I was just always like, Dr. Cobb, when's the next one? You know I'm ready. You're like, <laughs> all you got to do is ask one question. You could just listen to a sentence that somebody said and ask something about that. It's easy enough to get yourself free food and beer. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially back in the college days, like, I would take it now. But back then, it was exponentially worth more well speaking of food do you want to hear what my story was because you know in thinking about it whenever i say hey i got a cold open it always ends up sucking so it's much better to wait and tell this story after we've got into it after we've got started today actually i ordered uber eats i ran out of my lunch stuff i know it's funny but i I was doing a grilled chicken wrap with some fries The Uber Eats came to my house and I got two sides of fries, but no grilled chicken wrap. I figured you would have enjoyed that because it's totally an Edward story. Like, and then I went back to Uber Eats because, you know, you can comment on how your meal was. And I was like, I never got my grilled chicken wrap. And quickly, like within two seconds, it was just like Uber has refunded $16 to your account. I'm like, but what about my sandwich? I want my sandwich. I got two sides of freaking French fries, but I don't have my damn sandwich. That's all I want. Yeah, you, you could have kept the money. I just wanted the damn food. Yeah, I was like texting the driver. I was like, hey, you delivered two sides of fries. Did anybody give you a sandwich? It was awful. I wouldn't call a wrap a sandwich. Maybe that's the northern thing. Well, I mean, it was a wrap. I, If you want to get technical, do you want to argue semantics over a wrap versus a sandwich? No, all I was going to say is wraps are really not the best way to go. Lots of carbs in those things usually. Uh, I try to avoid. That's the only grilled chicken thing they had. I know you. what you would do is you would do grilled chicken on a bun and you would take off the top bun so you'd just eat the grilled chicken with the bottom bun. My man. <laughs> do we spend a lot of time together or what? And I love when we go out to like a steakhouse or something, everybody else will order steak and then Zeke will be like, I'll take the chicken or the fish or he always gets the non-red meat meal. 
All right, so that's twofold. It's not so much avoiding red meat. I just generally feel like, and I'm not saying I cook a great steak, but I'm saying for the price differential, I can burn a decent piece of steak at home. I'm I'm not going to prepare fish or some other something that I could get at the restaurant. Like if I'm getting a bowl full of mussels even with an amazing broth. I'm not making that here. Like it's not going to happen. So if if I'm eating out, I, I want something that I feasibly could not make at home under almost any circumstance. It's kind of how I feel like about cocktails. I was a bartender. I can make a drink. I'm just lazy. Like when I'm home, what it's going to take to make a good drink. I don't have all those ingredients around. Like I'll get a good cocktail when I'm out. But when I'm home, it's like I'm going to pour it in a glass. and I'm going to drink it. That's what I'm going to do. Well, yeah, I mean, we've both been out plenty and folks are like, hold on. You didn't order the bourbon? Like, no, <laughs> get bourbon eight days a week. If I'm going to be out, I'm going to pay somebody for something. I, I want to experience a whole different like pathway of flavors. Like I, I don't want the same old, same old, Like let's be honest here. A hundred percent. All right, Zeke, let's get into it. It is week five of college football, and we are doing a pick 'em with our friends at Action247.com. Your way to get in on the action because it's the only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. If you use code DADS100, they will match up to $400 of your first deposit. There's tons of giveaways going on. Follow TN Action 247 on all of social media. They're doing really cool things. They're signed football helmets. They're signed gloves. They have a Javon Curse, the freak. They have a Javon Curse jersey up for grabs. Champions League is back. It's the end of baseball. They're still doing stuff. And then each Friday, there is a deposit boost. You can use our code. You can use code DADS100, and then they'll also give you an additional boost if you are a new customer every Friday. So that is today, because this podcast is coming out Friday. Use code DADS100. Look for the additional boost. Now, we're doing a pick 'em. We've talked about this, Zeke. Last week, I tied it back up because I had Kentucky getting South Carolina with the spread, which they did. And then we both lost Mississippi State and LSU because the spread was two and a half. And that did not go over well because we both picked Mississippi State. And I think LSU won by like three. Georgia covered the spread over Vandy. They did. (laughs) (laughs) And we were very worried about that. We were like, theoretically, they should cover the spread on this. I think they covered the spread at halftime. All right. This week is your week to pick the games. We're going to try to go through this quicker than we normally do. So let's not mess around with it. You just tell me the the matchup and tell me what the spread is. You got it. I've even got some good diversity here, I think. Cincy versus Notre Dame. Cincy is negative two and a half. Really? The pick em thing I have, that's what it says. That's what we're going with for this. You're supposed to be using Action 24-7's line. We won't tell them that you're not. So if you're listening, Action247.com, he is using your line. What's the next game you got? LSU is negative three and a half. All right. And what's the last one? Oregon, Stanford. Oregon is minus eight and a half. Hmm. These are some good games. I thought they were. I thought the the rankings versus the spread was good. And we've got, you know, three separate conferences here. So, or maybe even four. So what else could you need? I do tend to hover in the SEC when I pick these. I know that. That's why I branched out. I, I like taking a little bit of the heart and soul out of it and just making it about the bet. That's fine. 
we're both at seven and five. This is going to be a big week for us right now. So Cincy versus Notre Dame. I'm going to say Notre Dame. I like their quarterback, the transfer over there. I'm going to say Notre Dame wins. You'll be cheering, cheering for old Notre Dame. Wake up the echoes screaming her name. I took Cincy. Good. Next game, LSU Auburn. I will let you have the honors with this one. In Death Valley, night game. The three and a half, I don't know that half, it, it it made it a little too interesting for me, and I'm going Auburn. I am going to agree with you on this. Even though they're both coming off a loss last week, I think Auburn looks better than LSU. I am going to take Auburn with this one. I mean, Auburn was playing Penn State. What, what do you think was going to happen last week? Well, you know, I don't trust that conference too much, but... I'm the same. If, if it was three, I don't know. I'd almost have to go push on this, but three and a half. These games, I don't know. They just always end up close. Even if they're not close into the fourth quarter, they just are. Well, and uh, LSU's just getting a three and a half just because it's at Death Valley. I mean, that's 100% what it well, is. Yeah. Next time, what I would tell you, though, is when you're reading the teams that are playing each other, the first team you read is always the away team, and the second team is the home team. So when you said LSU versus Auburn, Thankfully, I looked it up, but in my head, I'm thinking they're playing at Auburn. That's just how my, that's just how my phone has it. Apologies. Yes, your phone's wrong because it's always the away team first, home team second. Oh. You learn something new every day. Oregon versus Stanford. Is this in Oregon or is this in Stanford? At Stanford, which that's somewhere nearby, right? I mean, it's all packed 10 or 12 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. It's Stanford's in California and Oregon is states away, but sure. Yeah, but it's like Northern California, right? It is Northern California. Yes, you are correct. But Northern California, I mean, San Francisco is not like... How many Massachusetts would fit inside of California? A lot. So like you could (laughs) drive three hours and be anywhere. Like you could drive three hours and go through all of New England. Um, See, you should have perspective I do. Like, it's up there somewhere. I don't know, man. F it. So it is an eight-hour and 46-minute drive from Stanford to the University of Oregon. Road trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a day trip. Go up there, get lunch, come back. So um, you said this is at Stanford. It is. And Oregon has eight and a half. I'm I'm still going to pick Oregon here. I mean, I did the same in... I don't follow Pac-10 or 12 or whatever that much, but like anytime I see a, a number three versus an unranked, it's negative eight and a half. Like you just question yourself internally. Like how does a number three team in the country play an unranked team, but they're barely favored by more than a touchdown? I mean, is this the bet to take or is this the sucker bet to take? Well, Oregon is a great team thanks to one of the greatest coaches to ever coach at the University of Kentucky, and that's Rich Brooks. So Rich Brooks turned around Oregon and then he went to Kentucky before he retired. And then Joker Phillips took over after him. But Rich Brooks turned around Oregon. He really did. The field's named after him. Leave it to you with some savant knowledge that no one else would know. This somehow links back to Kentucky. It's just like the 1950 Kentucky Wildcats coached by Mr. One Paul Bear Bryant. You might know him. They won a national championship in 1950. It was decided they were the SEC champions. They won the Sugar Bowl, and they were listed as the number one ranked team. 
And then a computer 40 years later said, yeah, they were the champions in 1950. So, so Bear Bryant had a great year. The basketball team had a great year. Bear got a pen and Adolph Rupp got a Cadillac. And that's when uh, the bear got out of Lexington. <laughs> Owned a bigger and better things. I don't know. Did he go to A&M after? I forget if he went to A&M. Oh, A&M was where he started. He went from Kentucky to A&M, and then he went from A&M to Alabama. I knew he went to A&M right after Kentucky. Those are our picks. Make sure to go to action247.com and use code DADS100. They'll match your deposit up to $400. And since it's Friday, look for the other boosts. So you could do two boosts in one day. Get a whole lot of free money from our friends at action247.com. I said we were going to have a quick show. This is not turning into a quick show. I mean, I'll edit it down. It'll be sometime in the 20 to 30 minute range, but I'm having too much audio right now that is outside of that. So let's talk about what we're actually drinking. I think that is more important, Zeke. We are drinking the Yellowstone Limited Edition 2021. Do you know what's in this? Bourbon. Well, it is a blend. It's a seven-year-old and a 15-year-old bourbon and some select seven-year-old barrels that are finished in Amarone casks. So these were all selected by Stephen Beam, the master distiller at Limestone Branch. The seven-year-old barrels that were finished, he also picked those. Every year since 2015, Beam has produced a unique limited edition bourbon under the Yellowstone brand, which was established in 1872 by Beam's great-great-grandfather, J.W. Dant. For this year's Yellowstone Limited Edition, Beam selected Amarone casks to finish select barrels of seven-year-old bourbon to complement the tasting notes of the extra-aged bourbons that make up this year's limited edition. Amarone is a rich red wine that, much like bourbon, takes time and patience to craft and requires, so this is important, Zeke, in order to get an Amarone wine, it takes two years in the oak cask to get that wine. So the 2021 limited edition will be bottled at 101 proof, 50.5 ABV. There are 7,503 bottle cases. It is a 50% increase in production over 2020. That is pretty much it. The other thing that I could tell you that I found out, Amarone is not particularly well known in the U.S. And this is coming from the person at Paste Magazine, Jim Vorrell. It's a prized style of Italian red wine that's produced from partially dried grapes and a handful of varietals. Like ice wine, this extra concentration produces a potent, concentrated wine that is rich with fermentable sugars while featuring flavors that tend to take on a darker, dried fruit dimension. So it's just a, a pretty... I know I made you fall asleep. Your eyes are literally well, closed. I was closing my eyes because I was trying to focus, actually. But long story short, I could ramble about this forever and get you to stop listening, but it's just a potent wine. So you would think that the finish in these casks, that potentness is going to come through into the bourbon. There's a lot of energy charged up in those wine barrels. So what's the, the origin of the wine? Like a like Italy. locality thing? Okay. It is it, with a name like Amarone. You got to question that. I'm I'm not that educated on wine, John. Well, no, but I mean, it's well, a very Italian name. I guess. I mean, is it red or white? I, I I don't know. It is red. Really? Okay. It is red. I am resisting the urge to sing. I'm just glad it's not Uzo. Uzo's Greek. What's the thing they have in Italy? It's the same though. Like every country over there has this. Sambuca. Is that what they call it? Okay. Yeah. 
it just always bewilders me how like every country has the same thing, but they all give it a different name. You are so testing my savant knowledge right now. Hey, I still have a uh, a carton or two of Arguer Dente. <laughs> you also have vegetal, what is it? Chartreuse? Yeah, the, but the chartreuse, what do they call it when it's just like in its purest form? It's the vegetal. It's a digestive. Good old uh, pharmacist there is giving himself digestive prescriptions. Take a hey, teaspoon man. of chartreuse every night. Next time you're walking the dogs and uh, they're not getting things done, just give them a little nip. Well, I mean, that's a whole other story. I should save that for the next show, but. Yeah, don't go there. Don't. They, <laughs> they didn't get a nip. Both of the dogs got a snip. I, what I will say is that the doctor told me that Waffle woke up and just started howling. <laughs> like he looked down and he, he started howling. <laughs> I know, poor little guy. I feel awful for what I did to him. What did you think about this whiskey, Zeke Baker? Nose-wise, and I will say, I mean, at least for me personally, and again, I'm not wine-versed, but I've never heard of Amarone before. Have you? No. Okay. I mean, I did a lot of research leading up to this podcast, but no. I mean, I'm just seeing what the playing field is here. Um, is it related to Malbec? If it is, you'll love it. We all know that. <laughs> Very underrated wine right there. I just got to say. Nose-wise, I, I thought it had um, like soft caramels, maybe a little vanilla behind it, but a, soft seemed like the right word. Um, a tad of red hot. and It, it really was just kind of like that cinnamon, not necessarily like a full-blown schnapps kind of thing or fireball or goldschlager or something, but ballpark-ish. And I thought it had a really good oak character in the nose as well. Palette-wise, and I, I tried to move this around as much as I could on the tongue to see if I picked up different things and spots, but I thought that it had a, a very good rye spice, which was joined with a, a corn aspect. It, I would almost say, was a like a candy corn and nougat type of blend. And that's on the tip of the tongue in the, the mid-palate. Char starts to kick up a pretty good bit. Viscosity definitely picks up, and, and the profile really builded and, and shifted. And along with that shift, you really picked up what I thought was a, a pretty decent rye tingle that hung around to the finish. The oak was definitely present. I like the oak more in the mid than I did the finish. I thought the finish gave a little bit of a char linger, which isn't necessarily my favorite thing in the world. It definitely front to back moved in a way that kind of grabbed you, hung around with you, and sat with you. I did feel like the corn to spice, I guess, ratio or aspect was a little further apart than I would necessarily uh, love, but an an interesting pour to say the least. And you know me, I just try to fill in some gaps for where I might differ from you, just so I'm not regurgitating the same crap to everyone. And Lunchbox, fill in the gaps. I just want to have you do a review and be like, tell them, Steve, Dave. What? I, I just want to do a review like, and have me go first. And then after, be like, tell them, Steve, Dave. Who is Steve, Dave? Tell them, Steve, Dave. That's from Mallrats, where they're, <sighs> they're getting into a thing in the front. And he goes, tell them, Steve, Dave. It's like they're getting into a fight, and the guy's got a ponytail, kind of like how you used to look. And he's like, they're pushing each other around. He's like, tell them, Steve, Dave. Mall rats and chasing Amy. I mean, I like them, but they're still so primitive in like the essence of all the characters, especially guys like, you know, like Banky and then like Affleck was still in there with all of them. I mean, it's, 
it's like different times, you know? Mallrats just has so many good one-liners, even though the characters aren't as developed as they are in some of the other ones. Like, there's just too many good one-liners. Like, you know, Affleck is the proprietor of fashionable male and the whole Volkswagen line. I mean, there's a lot of good lo- And then plus you got the magic eye. Like, when can I see the damn sailboat? There's a lot of good stuff for mall rats, but I will digress. I will say with this one, there's a lot of heat, but it's a dry heat with some tobacco, oak, vanilla, and some dark fruit in there. I think the biggest difference for this one, and I have actually a sample of the 2019 leftover that I took a sip of as I was doing this tasting. The 2019 has oak, but it's more of a wet oak. I think the Amarone cask finish really just dried this one up. I think if you love wine finishes, this is going to be your jam. I think the the difference in the 2019 to this one, it's not as much of, and I forget if wine was used in that one, but I couldn't tell. This one, just the, the finish was dry wine. I think those barrels really took over the blend. I think there's a nice bit of oak in here, probably from those 15-year-old uh, Kentucky bourbons that are in there. I like the tobacco. I like the spice. You talked about the spice. I definitely got that as well. I just think the dryness and the mouthfeel, it's not going to be my jam, but if you you are a regular wine finish person. And we normally look forward to the Yellowstone every year. I will tell you that if you don't like this one, find yourself a 2020 somehow, find yourself a 2019. They're both super solid. This one just doesn't hit my palate, but if you like wine finishes at a hundred bucks for a limited edition, I've always loved that they kept their limited edition under a hundred. So that is a huge positive for this one. Plus with the fact that you're putting 15 year juice in there, it's very easy to have this one creep over a hundred. And especially when you're using rare Italian wine that needs to be aged two years in the stuff. I mean, like those casts probably weren't cheap for the Amarone. You put everything into play here. The fact you're keeping it under a hundred bucks, my hat's off to you. I think if you like wine finishes, go get this one. It just, you know, for us that kind of don't gravitate towards those wine finishes, it's just not in my wheelhouse, but that doesn't mean it's not in yours. And I mean, I think it's kind of interesting I'll not linger too much on this, but I feel like normally with a wine finish, you can pick it up much more distinctly. I really didn't get too much of a wine component from this, but I also kind of wonder, obviously the fact that I rarely, if ever, consume wine, if that tones down my appreciation for the extra characteristics that are in there, you know, just kind of food for thought kind of thing. It is something to think about. What do you think about this ultimately, Steve, Dave? I unfortunately didn't have any older samples to reference. Mine have all been consumed a long time ago. That's why I try to keep a little bit, like I try to keep an ounce here and there because I know something might come up like this. <coughs> Order. <coughs> From what I have of memories, I think some previous years were, were much more in my wheelhouse, but I've always appreciated these LEs. They're, they're good juice. They're just a little outside the spectrum for everybody. So it's fun to push the boundaries. I, I, I can't say it. it's a knock on it. Not necessarily what I go for. If, if I saw this versus the year before or two years before, I think I would go for that. But again, still a good company putting out a quality product. A hundred percent agree with you. And it's not a knock on it because it's every year's different. Sometimes it's not going to be in your wheelhouse, but that doesn't mean like next year they're going to do one that you're going to want to buy five. 
you know, like you never know because they are pushing the boundaries because they're doing different things all the time. I mean, I'm not knowing any other distilleries that are putting out Amarone cast finished stuff. Yeah. I mean, in the world of what I, or maybe not the world of, but for what I feel like in bourbon, people are, uh, you know, constantly trying to find the new finish and something no one's ever heard of or multiple finishes. I've never heard of this. I mean, you get at least a few brownie points for that. Well, Zeke, go ahead and put a shirt on. We thank the folks over at Luxco for sending us a sample of this Yellowstone Limited Edition. You can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. And please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Quite possibly in Memphis, Tennessee this weekend. But other than that, good old Music City, USA. Cheers. Ciao.